You're listening to WCOM LP 103.5 FM Carborough and Chapel Hill. It's a Tuesday, it's five o'clock, and that only means one thing. It's time for another round of Snarky Faith with your host, Stuart Deloney. This is a space where we irreverently wrestle through life, culture, and spirituality, all with our heads in the clouds, our tongues in our cheeks, our hearts in our sleeves, and our feet on the ground. At Snarky Face, the questions or even the answers are never the point. It's all about the conversation. So here's your host, Stuart Deloney. Good afternoon and welcome to another round of Snarky Bay the Radio. I'm your host, Stuart Deloney. Welcome here once again for another week of Snarky Faith. So guess what? Oftentimes, oftentimes, we start off, we start off the show with, well, the Christian crazy, and you could in many ways call it uh, mocking the negativity that's out there in the world. So... I'm going to try something a little different this week. I'm not saying it's going to stick. I'm not saying I'm on cloud nine for all the time, but I actually want to start this week with something that's good in the news. And you may disagree with me with this, but I'm just going to say this. So often, um, especially for the show, I scour, I scour the interwebs looking for interesting content and articles to be able to talk about here on the show. And, and I wanted to just enter, enter into this, uh, this show, this episode, with a little bit of good news. And most of the article, you're already going to realize where this is going from the title. This comes from the BBC News, and I just loved it. And it just put a smile on my face because, hey, sometimes, somewhere in the world, justice does prevail. And the bad guys go down, the good guys win. Okay, and so here it is. It's from South Africa. A poacher was killed by an elephant and then eaten by lions. A suspected rhino poacher has been trampled on by an elephant and then eaten by a pride of lions in Kruger National Park, South Africa. There it is, folks. There it is. That's the good news of the week. All right, that's it. Uh, we've got, that's all I've got this week for Snarky Faith Radio. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. But I read that and I was like, oh, sweet. Little sense of justice, little sense of justice there, because oftentimes we we may live in a world where things don't seem quite just, where where the bad guy continues to be president and craziness continues to reign in the world that we find ourselves living in. Oh no, oh no, but 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 um so yes, <laughs> that was our good news. But I want to actually descend into talking a little bit about the curious case of Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg? Buttigieg? Pete Buttigieg. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to commit there. We're just going to call him Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete, who is, uh, who is on the 2020 ticket. He's going to be running for president. And there's a bunch of interesting folks out there that are, that, are, that are staring down the Democratic field and being able to say, we think we can take Trumpy out. But Mayor Pete is an interesting fellow, and, and especially for the sheer fact that he has been going hard against Trump and Mike Pence. Now, for those of you that don't know Mayor Pete well enough, um, uh, Mayor Pete is also gay, and he's married. And he has had some very strong words for our vice president because Mayor Pete is also a Christian. 
So I've got this from a speech he gave recently, and and I think you're going to enjoy this. I think you're going to start getting his like vibe, and I, and I think you're gonna I think you're gonna like this. So let's go ahead, hop over to May, uh, to Mayor Pete right now. People talk about things like marriage equality as a moral issue, and it is certainly a moral issue as far as I'm concerned. It's a moral issue because being married to Chaston has made me a better human being, because it has made me more compassionate, more understanding, more self-aware and more decent. My marriage to Chaston has made me a better man. And yes, Mr. Vice President, it has moved me closer to God. You may be religious and you may not, but if you are, and you are also queer, and you have come through the other side of a period of wishing that you weren't, then you know that that message, that this idea that there is something wrong with you, is a message that puts you at war, not only with yourself, but with your maker. And speaking only for myself, I can tell you that if me being gay was a choice, it was a choice that was made far, far above my pay grade. And that's the thing I wish the Mike Pence's of the world would understand. That if you've got a problem with who I am, your problem is not with me. Your quarrel, sir, is with my creator. Damn! <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. On all parts, wholeheartedly, yes. Mayor Pete, that was a mic drop moment, and all I can say is, damn! Damn, boy! That was that was a beautiful, eloquent bit of truth, especially speaking truth directly to the face of intolerance and hatred. And what's been interesting from this mayor from South Bend has been watching his rise into prominence, a man who is equally uh, driven by his faith and also his desire to serve his country. And he is an intelligent man. He is a smart man. And it's so, so, so interesting to begin to watch his rise into prominence. And Mayor Pete has been taking a... Now, I'm not going to say... I'm not going to say that he's been influenced that by this show, but come on, we all know it's true. Because you're listening to a show called Snarky Faith, and you understand I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Mayor Pete doesn't know who we are. But his stance on taking on Trump and the hypocrisy of the evangelicals is, is, is one that would be endorsed by Snarky Faith Radio. Uh, it's endorsed because we've been talking about it for well before Trump's presidency, about the fact that nothing, nothing, nothing that is Trump is anything remotely in the stratosphere of being anything like Jesus. It may be American Christian, which again, American Christian, I'm not even sure what we call that anymore, uh, besides just kind of gross. But but yeah, so so don't believe me. 
How about you listen to Mayor Pete answering Chuck Todd on this here question, folks? So listen in. You said something rather strong about the president, that you said it's hard to look at his actions and believe that they are the actions of somebody who believes in God. How do you square that assessment with the fact that the evangelical Christian community is so devoted to his candidacy? Well, it's, uh, it's something that really frustrates me because the hypocrisy is unbelievable. Here you have somebody who uh, not only acts in a way that is not consistent with anything that I hear in Scripture or in church, where it's about uh, lifting up the least among us and taking care of strangers, which is another word for immigrants, uh, and making sure that you're focusing your effort on the poor, but also personally how you're supposed to conduct yourself, not chest-thumping, uh, look-at-me-ism, mm -hmm. uh, but humbling yourself before others. Uh, foot washing is one of the central images in the New Testament. Uh, and we see the diametric opposite of that in this presidency. I think there was uh, perhaps a cynical process where he decided to, for example, begin to pretend to be pro-life and govern accordingly, uh, which was good enough to, to bring many uh, evangelicals over to his side. But uh, even on the version of Christianity that you hear from the religious right, which is about sexual ethics, right. I can't believe that somebody who was caught writing hush money checks to adult film actresses is, is somebody they should be lifting up as the kind of person you want to be leading this nation. Yeah, yeah, what he said. <laughs> yeah, whatever he said. 100% in on that one. Oh, my goodness. I love it. I love a person who speaks openly out about their faith and calls out the BS where there's so much BS. Oh, evangelicals. What have you done to Christianity? It's definitely got a stank on it. It's definitely, quite possibly, maybe even a little bit more so, just kind of messed up and ruined um, here in America, hoping that we can have new voices begin to speak, new, new voices speak into what is good and, and what is holy and what is Jesus-y. Uh, for folks like Mayor Pete being able to speak out and live out their faith in a way that is real, that is authentic, and that is very much drenched in the words of Jesus. Oh, hey, conservatives, evangelicals, hey, what you got for me? What you got for me? What you got for me? That's Jesus this week. Anything, anything, anything besides crazy, crazy, you say? Did I just bring up crazy? Well, <laughs> that's just how it works. That's just how it works. As we ease ourselves ever so nicely from the positivity that we've been talking about here, about the good stuff that's been going on this week, uh, back into the slime, the hypocrisy, the insanity that is your Christian crazy of the week. Here we go. Lord have mercy. The Lord is my shepherd. He know what I want. So here's here's the deal. Here's the deal. And I feel like I do lots of uh, explaining here on the... Uh, <laughs> I do a lot of explaining here before we kind of launch into the Christian crazy many times just to be able to say that, yes, it is fun. Mockery is fun. We love mockery. 
sometimes mockery is what gets me through the insanity of life. But this isn't mockery for mockery's sake. This is mockery for a purpose, because really uh, we're here trying to kind of prove a point and begin to show that a lot of this, a lot of the mindsets, especially of the religious right, is 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 tainted, it's it's warped, it's deceived, it's disgusting, and, 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 as a cherry on top, has nothing to do with Jesus, even though they'll claim everything has to do with Jesus. So, yeah, yeah. So, here's what we're doing. Christian Crazy this week, I'm going to kind of lay you guys a trail of breadcrumbs. It's going to kind of lead to our main story. And our main story is about grifters, especially grifters in politics, grifters in culture, and grifters in the church. So see if you can follow me when I go here. So first up, first up, first up, we have Bill Mitchell, uh, who is radio host of Your Voice. Uh, It is a conservative uh, radio show, and it's online as well, too. So when we begin to talk about how so much of Christianity has been hijacked and taken over and being run by a bunch of folks fresh out of the loony bin, guess what? We've got Bill Mitchell. Bill Bill is going to be the easiest. He's going to be the easiest one to be able to point out in in the midst of this because, you know, Bill's got a comparison because Bill Bill thinks Trump, Bill thinks Trumpy is like, you know, first of all, it's insane to say that God appointed Trump. Because Trump and anything essentially saying this, like that, yes, if, 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 if God appointed Trump and God was not trying to roll out a sick joke and just laugh at all of us, which, you know, in some regards I could respect that. But no, if, if, if literally, if literally, if literally God was kind of laying it out that this, 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 this orange fat bastard, he is my chosen one. The comb over of my picking is him. Send him, and I will use him as a blunt and dense and moronic instrument of my will unto my people. Because America must be the land of opportunity and and a Christian. Yeah, so again, that's a lot of the stuff you're going to hear from the religious right. So if that... If that, ultimately, I'm just going to say this, and maybe this is just all way too much about me, but I'm going to go ahead and say this. So, assumably, if the God that created this universe, if the God that is all-knowing and omniscient, the the God that we talk about, especially in historic Christianity, uh, thought Trump was a good idea, uh, I, I would have issues with the existence of God or, or, or if you're going to go more old Testament, like that Trump is a plague that he is trying to call people back to himself. Maybe I could buy in on that one, but Bill Mitchell here, Bill Mitchell, he's got some other ideas. He's got some other ideas about the greatness of Trump. And I, you know, Bill, Bill, you know, you go ahead, you go ahead and dig your own grave. Dig your own grave with white privilege. Go for it, Bill! 
He was adored. He walked away from all that. Why he do this for us? Because he saw that there was a break in the dike, and he said to himself, I must stand in the gap for America because America is ready to thumb and Louise right off the cliff here if somebody right. doesn't stand up. And I feel the calling that I'm the guy that's going to do this. And I believe the hand of providence was on President Trump. And people say, oh, well, why would God right. pick someone like President Trump? God always picks someone like President Trump. Read the Bible sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. He always picks. Yeah, he doesn't pick. He doesn't pick. You know the 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 pious and all this. You know to, to change the world. Okay, look at look at you know look at Paul. Look at Abraham. Look at David. Donald Trump is among us. right. Donald Trump is a modern version of that. And why does God people pick people like that? So that when the world is saved or when America is saved, people will look and say, you know what, God must have done that. All right, Billy boys. So Paul, let's just get the street. So we've got Paul. Abraham and David, that, that Trump is apparently just the combo of all of them. I mean, or if you've looked at him, we can just assume that Trump may have eaten all of them. Um, but, but what they're trying to parse out here in Scripture, what, what, what Billy Boy is trying to do here is saying that God oftentimes, especially in Scripture, uses unusual choices. But the one thing that if you actually read scripture or have the ability to read, I'm not sure Bill's there, or if you understand how to exegete scripture, reading scripture in context, usually when God chooses to use people, there's this process of, of humbling people. There's a process of, of turning people into a servant leader after God's own heart. So humble and Trump. Hmm, let me think. How do those two... Oh, wait, no. Those, those, those two don't really, really go together. Uh, a servant leader that cares more about the cause than himself. Hmm, I'm, I'm having a hard time there, Billy Boy. I'm having a... Like, like humility, like empathy, servant leadership, having an intense desire for God and just doing the right thing. I, I I'm not I'm not picking up on this at all. I'm not I'm not like you know I'm like I'm, I'm sipping the wine. I'm not tasting those notes. I'm not I'm I'm not I'm I'm not a good sommelier in this. I'm not I'm not tasting the notes of any of this in the way that you're reading scripture. Why? Because it kind of feels kind of feels like you're just you're just finding reasons to be able to justify Trump. What really? What? Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like when you begin to like lay anywhere near the the ways and the teachings of Jesus and Trump, like th those two, like they're 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 as far away as as you can get. Okay, okay, so not not going to harp on this, but but Bill gives us an opportunity to be able to kind of look into this this uh, this this conservative mindset on how people are approaching Trump and how people have been duped by Trump and how people are really really excited about being duped by Trump. Because what we begin to see here is Trump duped folks and then other people that dupe people like Bill or many other people we have here on the Christian Crazy of the Week, uh, the Jim Bakers, the Pat Robertsons, the Jerry Faldwells, the Franklin Grahams, you know, all of those, all of those folks, right? Right? So they, they work on duping others. So they work on power and control and being able to dupe others in order for them to be able to retain their power, a.k.a. money. 
and influence to continue to do the work they're doing. Again, nothing to do with Jesus, nothing to do with that at all. So, 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 you don't believe me? You don't believe me that people like this, that people, that people like this Ha, ha, have some have some issues ha, have some like biblical issues well well hold on so for those of you that are listening to the show locally we're here in Chapel Hill and Carborough area in North Carolina well let's go ahead and talk about a mega church in South Carolina right let's talk about this and this this comes from an article originally that came out of the Charlotte Observer Charlotte Observer as in Charlotte North Carolina so I'm going to go ahead and read the beginning of this article, and then I'll let you listen to it, because it's, it's, it, it fits well within the Christian crazy of the week. So, one of the former pastors of a South Carolina megachurch returned to deliver a guest sermon on Sunday while pledging her support to the controversial current pastor issued a threat to, local, to a, a local newspaper. So, here's what it is. This is Relentless Church in Greensville, um, South Carolina. And the pastor in question, the visiting pastor, is Hope Carpenter. Who's the prophet? She's the woman of God. Uh, a woman of God, but don't cross her. Don't cross her. She'll get you. She'll get you. Now, you may have heard a little bit, because we have teased about Relentless Church in the past. We have talked about Relentless Church in the past, because... Because the pastor of the church, Pastor John Gray, who is, you want to know? You want to know? He's a uh, kind of a prosperity gospel disciple of Joel Osteen. Yeah, that guy. You remember, he's the guy. We talked about this a while back who, who decided he was so blessed by God as a pastor that he needed to buy his wife a $200,000 Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. And the same pastor that also lives in a $1.8 million home that was funded <clears throat> by the church. Ooh. And, and on top of this, so, so, so we have these two things. And at the same time, after this pastor has been able to buy his wife a Lamborghini, he's telling the church that the church needs to raise more money to be able to fix the roof on their church. And... You know, I, I want to end here, but no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. So this pastor has also been accused of having affairs and trying to cover them up. And yeah, yeah, it's that good. So we have on a Sunday morning uh, a pastor of a mega church who has been in the crap locally in their community. But again, as a pastor will do here, as any kind of good grifter will, they need to come out, show a good face, and, and claim all of these allegations that are against him are incorrect. So what do you do? You bring in a, a guest preacher. And what does this guest preacher do? What does Hope Carpenter have to say? What, what is the message of hope that Hope Carpenter, her own namesake, has to give the people of this area. Well, well, I'll let you actually listen to what she said during a message. And if you miss it, don't worry. I'll repeat it. 
So here, here's Hope Carpenter, this, this, this woman, air quotes, woman of God. Woman of God. It's good stuff. So it's that hope, knowing that God is good. And that he loves you. And that no matter what's going on around you, it is the hope that anchors your soul and makes it able to hold fast to your confession of faith. I love you, Pastor John and Pastor Aventer. I believe in you. I'm praying for you. I'm rooting for you. I cut people. I got a knife right in that pocketbook. Greenville News, come on. We done went through this. I'm ready. What was that? What was that? <laughs> if you didn't hear it. So she, during the benediction, when the music rises, the piano is purring, and we're supposed to have all the feels of the Holy Spirit. At the end of the message, when a pastor begins to speak slower and purr just a little more, she says that they all support the pastor and that she's got a knife in her purse and she'll cut anyone who doesn't. And she's throwing that threat at a local newspaper that has been critical of the church. That perhaps may be one of the best benedictions ever at a church. Amen? Amen. So as we end this Sunday morning, just want to remind anyone that doesn't like what I said that I cut a bitch. I do. And you know who you are because the Holy Spirit is with me and the Holy Spirit tells me who to cut, 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 cut. I don't do it. It's the power of Jesus that tells me who to cut, 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 cut. What? What? I'm being ridiculous here, but seriously, <laughs> this isn't real, is it? It is. It's entirely real. And it happened. And the church is trying to spin the PR move a little bit, but after you've had issues with not being able to pay for a church and a pastor having a $1.8 billion house and buying his wife a Lamborghini and yada, yada, yada. It's, it's really hard to spend anything anymore. And what begins to boggle my mind is how are there people showing up every Sunday morning? More on that in our main story a little bit later. But if you want to hear something crazy, and we've still got more crazy to go here. Oh, my goodness. We got so much mileage on crazy today. We got this. We got this, and you're not going to believe this because it is so good because Kanye West, that's right, Yeezy, has started his own Sunday service gathering for the Lord, for the Lord, and it is just a beautiful sight to see, but as they say this, it's it's like more than music. It's, it's, it's a church, but not a church. This Christian undertones, 
It has Kardashians. And as Kim, as matriarch Kim explained their, about their Sunday service, she said this. She said, quote, it's more of just a healing experience than a religious one. There's no praying. There's no sermon. No word. Just music. Just a feeling. And it's Christian. And it's Christian. Yes. 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 The best kinds of churches are ones that have no praying, no sermon, no words, just music. Mm. 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 Preach it, Kanye. You are, you are, you are Jesus. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> what, 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 what? I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, but, but, if you thought that, if you thought that was the worst of the crazy this week, oh, oh there, oh there, hold on to this, because this is beautiful. It's actually not crazy. So we could say, well, it is crazy. It is full-on crazy, but it's full-on absolutely flipping beautiful kind of crazy, right? So see what we're doing here? I've heard oftentimes we're way too neg on this show. We go way too negative in pointing out why American Christianity is doomed and going down like the Titanic. But we don't want that kind of crazy. We want kind of feel-good snarkiness, right? Right? Oh, we got some feel-good snarkiness for you right here. Right here. Anyone got an Instagram account? Do you? Do you? Do you? Do you? Well, well, out there, Snark Nation... If you have an Instagram account, I am telling you, I'm commanding you in the name of the Lord to go and do this right now. Or I'm just highly recommending it. Um, but there is, you need to follow this. It's an Instagram account called Preachers in Sneakers. Preachers, P-R-E-A-C-H-E-R-S in the letter N, sneakers. Right? Right, do it. Do it. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. Just hop on Instagram, find on your phone, search it, Preachers in Sneakers, because this is beautiful. This is beautiful. This is so snarky. It's so amazing. I, 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 I am just in love with this Instagram account, because here's what it does. This Instagram account features pastors and other church leaders that have large followings on social media. It takes screenshots of the shoes they wear and other items of their clothing and, and, and puts down the price tags of what it costs. Mm-hmm. Judah Smith, cha-check. Carl Lentz, uh-huh. A lot of the, uh, what is his name? Uh... Roid Rage, Stephen Furtick, uh-huh. And so <laughs> it just is taking pictures that they are posting and actually doing the research to be able to see how much their blingage is actually costing, and it is ridiculous. It is redonkulously disgusting. I am not kidding you. Where you have pastors, where you have pastors wearing, speaking about Kanye, Air Yeezy 2s that cost over $3,000. 
and and the like. Yes, because every pastor needs to have some shoes, some effing tennis shoes that at least cost $500 because guess what? Anything lower than that, and it looks like God is not with you. If the Lord is with you, the Lord will bless you with the blingage. You got to represent how much God loves you with your track pants that cost $800. Don't believe me? I am absolutely dead serious. And this and this is part of the Christian crazy, but it is beautiful. It is something that someone needs to make a hymn about. Someone, someone angelic needs to sing me a hymn about this. Because... This cuts to some of the heart of why American Christianity is so effed up. Because Jesus would not, Jesus would not put ordinary sandals on his holy feet. Those feet have walked on water. Oh, you best believe he's only putting the best Gucci on his toesies. Seriously, people, seriously, people. Right? Right? Accessorizing is next to godliness because that is what we believe here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You have made it through the insane swirl that is the beginning of this show as we have been collecting breadcrumbs because, 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 because we may talk about pastors that say they're going to cut you. We may talk about Kanye's church. We may talk about preachers and sneakers. So our main story today, we're going to be talking about the gospel of the grifter. So let's just begin this little journey by talking about a few just definitions off off the bat. So a grifter is a person who engages in petty or small-scale swindling or a confidence artist is another word for a grifter. Is uh, a confidence trick is an attempt to defraud a person or group after first gaining their confidence. Used in the classical sense of trust, confidence tricks exploit characteristics of human psyche such as credulity, naivete, compassion, vanity, irresponsibility, and greed. Or, 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 if we are to swing over to the Urban Dictionary, I like this one. Grifter is hashtag fraudster, hashtag con artist, hashtag cheater, hashtag confidence man, hashtag scammer, hashtag hustler, hashtag swindler, and I would say also adding to that hashtag Trump. Now, why am I bringing this up on a show called Snarky Faith? Now, is Trump a fraudster and all of those things that we've already mentioned? Absolutely. Now, what does this have to do with faith? Well, as we had heard earlier from Mayor Pete beginning to speak about the fraud, the grift that is Trump upon evangelical Christianity, we begin to see that overall, that yes, Trump is selling Christianity a bill of false goods, or he's actually leaning in on Christianity's worst inclinations, the desire for power, the desire to be able to force faith on the people. These, these are, these are like the, the, the ugly end of the right spectrum of faith where you begin to believe that in like a handmaid's tale kind of way, the only way, the only way for holiness is if we force it down their throats or if we force people into submission, right? 
right? So he has kind of spoken to that. He's spoken to that, that, that this, that's, that there needs to be this rise. I, I read some other article earlier that they were talking about. It was, it was, gosh, I can't remember who it was, but it was, it was a Christian speaking about why, why Trump and why Trump, even though Trump is as disgusting and seemingly as unchristian as you can get, um, you had you had like the you had the whole thing. Well, God can use anybody, but on top of it was this idea that uh, that this this conservative Christian was saying something along the lines of this that that after eight years of Obama being as unchristian as possible, we need a fighter now. We need someone who's gonna swing back and essentially just like dial back the clock on time to somehow bring us back to being a Christian nation, which we've never been a Christian nation. So Trump ends up speaking to the worst inclinations of Christianity, this desire to where to where preaching and compassion and good works fail, then you just then you just force your viewpoint. You just force your faith on people. And we've seen it happen throughout history where where you see the worst of Christianity, where where there's this idea of 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 life change and there's this idea of of the kingdom of God. And when that doesn't seem to be the easy route or the route that that folks want to be able to fall uh, in line behind, then you just turn into more of an authoritarian realm. Uh, kind of how the Catholic Church ruled for good Lord, like over a thousand years about, uh, pushing, pushing their ideas on unsuspecting people and, and creating this weird religious system that is so sick and is so twisted and has nothing to do about choice and has nothing to do about love and grace and compassion and hope. It has nothing to do with that. And it just becomes a new authoritative system to be able to inflict upon people. So yes, the way Trump is speaks to the worst inclinations of American Christianity and actually Christianity historically. Uh, why is that? Why does it speak to the worst parts of it? Well, simply because this, because in many ways, the ways of Jesus are kind of wibbly wobbly. Uh, they, are, they are kind of murky. Why? Because there's not a clear cut plan to A, B, and C. Jesus tells us to go in. He gives us as followers of Christ a, a posture to follow after, a a way to engage with those around us, a way for us to engage with our life and how we invest ourselves and, and the world around us. And usually most of that comes down to this, is that you are called to be a sacrifice unto your community and your people. You are called to do good. You are called to give voice to those that have no voice. You are called to be compassionate and to loving. And when you see that there is suffering, you are called to go into those places and to be able to help those that are suffering. See, all of that, all of that, all of that is not very sexy. And that's why the religious leaders at the time of Jesus weren't really keen on that. Because you have... It's 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 not it's it's not a it's not a system it's not a it's not a it's not a power grab it's not anything that's going to give you grand influence in the world why because look at the mold of Jesus Jesus had followers but Jesus eventually gets killed because the prevailing wisdom of the world at the time did not like that and the prevailing wisdom of the world at our times is still not like that so it ends up being morphed and changed into something that has the name of Jesus but looks little like Jesus so so why 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 now do I talk about the grift well. Uh, Meaning 
at least what my point behind all of this means this um in the realm and 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 i i i I read i read this article a few weeks back and this is from the atlantic and it's it's an article called scams are winning by megan garber and and what she is doing here is she is talking on this on on two levels and and like this the subtitle for for this article is that american language suggests that the grift can be separated from everything else but american life suggests otherwise and 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 she begins to talk through and 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 this begins with donald trump talking about the grift that is the Mueller report the grift that is having william barr in this place that Mueller reports to Barr, Mueller or Barr, the stooge of Trump, that yes, so that this 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 seeking of justice. We talked about this earlier in the show when I talked about my glee and excitement for watching <laughs> for hearing poachers killed by trampled by elephants and killed by lions. Um, early in the show, that sense of like that justice can happen, and, and I think that most of America had this sense that oh my goodness, Robert Mueller is going to do the right thing. He seems to be an honorable man of justice. He's doing this, and the report is submitted, and we hear nothing from the report, but we hear from one of Trump's stooges that Trump has put in there that nothing to see here. Move along, no conclusion, and then Trump takes it a step further: total exoneration. And when we begin to see this, and, and in her article, like, I love this. I loved how, um, how she brought out this idea that, that in the same thing, if, if you think about this, years ago with the Ken Starr report in, involving uh, Bill Clinton, um, if the Starr report had been presented to the Attorney General, Janet Reno, Bill Clinton's Attorney General, and Janet Reno read it privately and then published only a four-page letter, saying that Clinton was fine, people would have lost their minds. Just in many ways, like we are losing ours here. And this conversation is not about Robert Mueller, but it's about America and our... We, 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 we find ourselves in this place because... Why am I bringing this also up? Because, 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 because. Uh, much of this... <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be dealing with with the weird ADD nature of my brain in this, but um, as we've seen, that Americans hate scams and hate grifters, but we're also we are also enthralled with them. From like the Ocean's Eleven for the Ocean's Eight series, all the Ocean series that we watch, this we love being able to watch people scam and people rip people off. Like we also know this from from the Fire Festival. Um, that had happened, and the documentaries that have come from that were when we talk about uh, uh, Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes, which is which is a fascinating documentary that they actually have on HBO that I've been going through and and watching, <laughs> kind of the making of a mythology of lies, and we begin to see this, and we begin to see the fact that especially stuff with like Theranos and and now that Hollywood is making a movie about this huge Silicon Valley con. We, we love to be able to see people get duped. Partially, I believe, partially, I believe we like watching these kind of cautionary tales because we're excited that we weren't duped. Because there is something, there is something that is inherently within us that makes us want to believe something. 
that makes us want to believe that we can get rich quick, that makes us want to believe that if we only do this one thing, that God will love us more than he loves someone else, that, that, that if we only do this, we will somehow get ahead. And doing that more in a nature of kind of taking a shortcut. And, and I feel like all of these stories that are kind of in the public consciousness right now, I think they're all very fascinating because it, it draws me back to, to this idea or to these questions about why do we so badly want to believe in something? I mean, because you can look at this. You can you can see this um, in a very very simple way, like in in this the sporting world. Between we want to believe that our team is the best team. I don't care what they're ranked. We're at that. We're we're at <laughs> we're at the events with our foam fingers saying that we're number one. That our team is better than the other team. Now, that may be true, but us being fans watching on TV or in the stadiums, or arenas. We have no real vested interest in what's happening on the court. Sure, we may have uh, paid money for tickets. Sure, we may waste a lot of our time buying jerseys and watching games and screaming at the TV, but we haven't really invested or done anything. In the same way, we, we begin to see this within Christianity that, that in many ways, people want to be part of this, this, this movement of megachurch, this movement of these preachers and sneakers. We want to see and we want to be part of something that is successful. And the rise of the megachurch, I believe, speaks deeply to that. I go to a church, it's so big. Oh my God, the music, the lights, the pastor, everything is just so much. It is just 100% everything. And we want that. We want celebrity pastors. We want to be behind a movement of something that validates us. See, if we go to the winning, if we cheer for the winning team, or if we go to the winning or large church, what does that say about us? It says that we are winners. If our church invests in people in a poor country, we're investing in people in a poor country because I give tithe to that church. If my pastor writes a book that's a bestseller, I am part of the winning team. Or if my pastor's on TV or has a big following or does all of this, I win. And it's the same idea behind this that we so want to be sold. We so want to have the next Savior, the next Messiah in all of this. And it's that desire to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, especially, especially when we've done very little to invest in that thing besides just follow it mindly. What it says about us is that, is that we are incredibly willing to be duped. We put our hope in a uh, political candidate because we believe that candidate will fix all of our problems. It'll fix our country and it'll make us happier. 
but the candidate's just a person. So my question continues to be to all of us too. Like, why are we so willing to be duped? I mean, this is a problem within Christianity, but this is a problem within humanity and culture. I mean, we live, we live with mantras like this. Like you've heard this before, fake it till you make it. But I think what we begin to see with a lot of these pastors and a lot of these charlatans and a lot of these grifters, that it's kind of like fake it till you make it or fake it until you're found out. And that, 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 that is a thin line between fake it till you make it and fake it till you're find, found out. And then we turn. We turn on them when they're found out. As long as the, the facade is held intact, as long as the facade is there, we can buy into it. We can go and worship every Sunday. We can say we're worshiping God, but we're really worshiping the church. We're really worshiping ourselves, people. I'm not going to get name in for that one. I know that. We're worshiping ourselves. And we find out that the church was a scam, that folks like Mark Driscoll or Bill Hybels were creeps all along. They're a bunch of a-holes that didn't really care about us, but they told us they cared about us. Then we feel outraged. We're furious. We're angry. How could we have been duped? Now, the answer was we were duped because we wanted to be duped. We wanted to be duped so bad. We looked past any red flag. We had an explanation for anything. Because we just cared about ourselves. And I've heard this from countless people that have been hurt by churches or hurt by uh, televangelists or other famous ministers, they'll just be like, where is God in this? And my answer is always the same. You weren't really seeking God in any of this. God's where God's always been, but you just wanted to feel important. You just wanted to feel like you were part of the winning team. You wanted to be able to say, my team won the Super Bowl. My team Raised all this money for people in Haiti. My pastor wears these shoes. My church is awesome. Therefore, I am awesome. And the silly thing behind all of this, which if you're a listener of the show, you know where I'm going with this. None of this BS has anything to do with the gospel. It has everything to do with us being selfish. Because grifters need idiots. They need people to prop them up. As much as we get angry um, about the religious rights, completely undying devotion and horniness for Trump, We have to remember, he continues to feed them the lie that they want to be told. They want to be duped. They want to believe that they can be winners. They want to believe that God will do everything for them like a president will do everything for them and personal responsibility has nothing to do with them. 
at the core, I feel like that is a huge sin of American Christianity is the fact that we expect pastors, we expect Christian leaders to own our faith for us. But if we were busy owning our own faith and walking out the ways of Jesus in a way that made sense and in the way that Jesus commanded us to, we really wouldn't care about all of these celebrities. We wouldn't be in the business of, of, of looking for a Messiah or a grifter to be able to tell us what we want to hear. We wouldn't be looking for a soothsayer to make us feel good about ourselves and tell us that we're the best boy or girl in the world. No, we wouldn't. We would be too busy doing the hard work that it takes to change the world we would be too busy doing the hard work of being a servant to those in our community. We'd be too busy being compassionate and loving and full of grace to care about the rest of this noise and BS that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. We would step out of the celebrity culture and we would own our faith for ourselves. But in America, owning something for ourselves mm, is a little too much work. I'd rather follow someone else and then be able to blame someone else when these things don't go the way I want them to. It's the perfect abdication of responsibility. Can I get an amen? Uh, please don't. That was sarcastic. My hope for us is that we can be a people that wake up, we can be a people that grow up, and can be a people that do the right thing because it's just the right effing thing to do, people. Whether you believe in Jesus or not, my hope would be that we can become better, more compassionate people, people that aren't self-serving and only care about ourselves, people that want to make a change in the world and want to give people a voice and help those that don't have a voice. That's the Jesus-y thing that I am attached to. That's the Jesus-y thing that I think we need to be all about. So that is all I've got this hour. Don't go and be a dutiful idiot into the world. Think for yourself. Do the right thing. Do what you know you're supposed to do. And hopefully we can all make a difference in this world. So as we end this broadcast, just a reminder, you can catch us on podcast at www.snarkyfaith.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. So as I end here, I send you out unto your week with the holiest amount of grace and snark and peace. I'm out of here. Have a great week. I'll catch you guys again next week. Peace. WCOM is listener-supported community radio, and Snarky Faith is only possible through our sponsors. Lumen, a spiritual community of seekers, sojourners, question-askers, doubters, and skeptics, is a collective of fellow travelers that embrace the truth that all of life is sacred, hope is real, and tomorrow can be a better day than today. All are welcome. You can find more information at www.lumencommunities.com.